welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and today David is going to be talking about the essence of chronic disease, including chronic pain. Hi, David. Thanks, Tom. I am going to do this on my own today. And this is a topic that has been in my head for 30 years, and it's now becoming more and more clear. <clears throat> and my wish today is to convey to you as concisely and clearly as possible the essence of chronic disease. And my concepts have changed dramatically. I've been through multiple chronic illnesses myself, as many of you already know. And I've been on this endless search about what the heck happened, because I'm a pretty healthy guy, not a lot of risk factors. And I developed all sorts of physical symptoms like migraine headaches, ringing in my ears, burning sensations, et cetera, severe anxiety, depression, OCD. I mean, I went through the whole gamut for a long time. And starting in 1990, when this all started, I started on this 30-year quest to find out what the heck is going on. And I feel like this last year, after 30 years, I came to the end of that quest. Now, I say that tongue-in-cheek because maybe I'm just at the beginning of it in a way, but there's a lot of answers that have come out just by understanding the body's basic function and how it connects to the environment. But here's the problem. We know the burden of chronic disease is crushing us badly. Right now, there are over 150 million people in, in the United States with at least one chronic disease. And 30% of those people have over five chronic diseases. The cost is about $4 trillion a year, which is about 20% of our gross national product. The population is aging. The chronic disease burden is gonna keep climbing and we are being crushed by chronic disease. And clearly medicine with all this modern technology is, is not answering the problem. We, we have all these incredible things we can do in medicine. We are not solving this problem. And in fact, we are doing multiple procedures that simply don't work. And here's the problem. We're treating symptoms. So chronic disease, and I'm gonna use chronic pain as part of that, but I'm using the word chronic disease today because it turns out that all chronic disease, whether it's mental or physical, including chronic pain, is basically the same thing. It's your body's exposure to sustained threat. And what happens is that you have your surroundings, your stresses, your family, your finances, your pain, your medical condition, et cetera, we have all these stresses that keep coming at us. I'm gonna call that the environment or your surroundings. Then you have you. You have your nervous system that's been programmed by your past to survive, live life, hopefully thrive and enjoy life. But a lot of us end up just trying to survive life, which is sort of the basic function of the human body is to survive. What happens is that when your surroundings and stresses overwhelm, overwhelm your capacity to cope with your stresses, you develop symptoms. Every physical symptom and mental symptom is created by your body interacting with your surroundings. If you feel safe and comfortable, your heart rate slows down, your muscles relax, you feel good. And those are under cues of what we call safety. And you have dopamine, growth hormone, oxytocin, serotonin, all these chemicals in your body that make you feel great, as well as what's called anti-inflammatory anti cytokines, which are these very small molecules, very small proteins, amino acid chains, 
that communicate between the cells. And there, there are inflammatory cytokines, which fire you up to defend yourself. Then there's safety cytokines that allow you to calm down. What happens when you're under chronic stress, your inflammatory cytokines fire up, they mobilize your body's defenses to survive. And it's automatic. So if you're under threat, your heart rate goes up, you sweat, you feel anxious, your body's inflammatory cytokines go up, which means your, your immune system fires up. And what happens when these inflammatory cytokines fire up, a couple of things happen, in fact, a lot of things happen. But what happens is that your inflammatory cells fire up and you start attacking your own body. So let's take autoimmune disorders as an extreme example. Those don't, those, those don't just happen. I mean, your body is physically being destroyed with the most severe form of this being systemic lupus erythematosus, systemic lupus erythematosus, which is a severe autoimmune disorder that attacks every cell in your body. But you have colitis, you have Crohn's disease, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, multiple sclerosis. All these things are autoimmune disorders. Why? Something fired up the immune system to attack your own cells. So what happens again is threat fires up your body's chemistry and it fires up your cytokines. In the brain, what happens is that these cytokines get fired up and it's, there's an inflammatory response, but what also happens, it changes what's called the neurotransmitters in your brain from things like GABA and dopamine, which are these calming chemicals to adrenaline, noradrenaline, glutamate, which are excitatory chemicals. So again, your nervous system is fired up because you're on defense. So it turns out that anxiety and anger are connected with inflammatory cytokines because it changes your neurochemistry and you also have inflammatory cells. Now, we think of the brain as full of just neurons. That's not true. About 50% of your brain is nerve cells with the other half being what's called glial cells, which are, which are the supporting structures of the brain. We don't know all the things that glial cells do, but they do increase nerve, nerve root conduction. They produce myelin. They clean out dead cells. They also throw out these inflammatory cells called, again, from the inflammatory cytokines. So what happens under threat, your whole nerve system is fired up and it's inflamed. Then what happens under high stress, your brain really goes offline. It gets very inflamed. You can't think straight. And these levels of cytokines change the blood flow to your brain that goes from the thinking centers or, or it's called the neocortex to the lower part of the brain or the midbrain, which is more about survival. And you go into a reactive survival mode and can't even think straight. Okay, so I covered a lot of material, but I want to step all the way back again. So here's the problem. Is safety versus threat? The threat can come in many forms. It can be, it can be a, a robber, a bully, a bad boss. It can be financial issues. It can be poverty, lack of opportunity, but it, it can also be your thoughts. So it turns out that unpleasant thoughts and emotions are as much of a threat as a physical threat, and what's even more of a threat is repressed thoughts and emotions. Since every human being is subjected to thoughts that they can't escape, all of us have some level of inflammation in our body all the time. So you have threat that's sustained, 
Some people have more of that than others. But in general, between the physical threats, the mental threats, all of us are on the defensive most of the time, to some degree. Now, some people have some inherent coping skills. It doesn't seem to bother them very much. But going back to the original hypothesis is, you, it's, is that you have your surroundings or stresses, then you have you. So what happens, all these symptoms are created by the chemical reactions in your body. In other words, your surroundings are translated into a physiological change in your body's chemistry when you develop symptoms. So what happens is that if the threat is short-lived, you might develop a headache or stomach ache or back pain or neck pain for a few minutes or hours or a day or two. But if the threat is prolonged, then you'll start developing illnesses. Maybe you're more susceptible to a cold, et cetera. But if the threat's sustained, we know that stress kills. And why? Because you have sustained compromise of your immune system. Your body's defenses are on high alert. They get worn out and people become seriously ill. Cancer, heart disease, Parkinson's, anxiety disorders, depression, OCD are all associated with elevated inflammatory cytokines. So under sustained threat, people get sick. They've done multiple study after multiple studies, study after study showing that when you're under threat or under a chronic stress or chronically unhappy, people die on the average of seven years earlier. They have double heart disease, double anxiety, double depression, double suicide rate, hypertension, obesity, all sorts of things happen under sustained threat. But it's because your body's chemistry has changed. What we're doing in medicine right now is that we're treating symptoms, but we're not, looking, we're not looking at the interaction of the environment or your surroundings versus you. We, we don't, we're not given the time to talk to our patients. We don't know you, you don't know us. One of the basic things in a doctor-patient relationship is creating cues of safety so you can help yourself calm down. If you rush through a visit, you're not feeling heard, you don't feel safe. So then the doctors don't even know what the problem is. So we're treating these random symptoms where the root cause is the interaction between your surroundings and you. The key to solving chronic disease is twofold. One of them is teaching our patients the skills to process their threats or their stresses in a way that does not have as much of an, much of an impact on your body. And there's lots of ways of calming down your body's chemistry with mindfulness, meditation, relaxation, and dozens of techniques to help simply calm down the body's stress response. There's also neuroplasticity, where you can change your brain to change the way you react to the environment so you don't have as high of a stress response. Remember, stress isn't the problem, it's the reaction to the stress. So there are many ways of training your brain to be less reactive to the environment. These tools stimulate what's called neuroplasticity, which your brain physically changes structure. So that's a major factor in dealing with disease is looking at the threat or stress load and teaching people how to process it in a way that doesn't have as much of an impact on your body. But then there's the other side of the equation, which is as equally important and critical, and again, both of these count, is you. So what happens, all of us have an inherent state of the nervous system. We're either hypervigilant or relaxed. When you're relaxed and have good coping skills, you can take on a lot more stress before you hit this chemical reaction. Remember, the chemical reaction doesn't take place until your surroundings and stresses overwhelm your capacity to cope. 
as long as you stay within your coping capacity, life is good. I mean, life is always stressful. It always keeps coming at you. The question is, what's your capacity to cope with it? So if you're a person, I'm going to talk about several different things. So let's say you're a person who never exercises. Guess what? We know that increases inflammatory markers. Your capacity to cope with stress drops down. Sleep is a big one. The literature shows that lack of sleep actually causes chronic pain. We know if you miss one night of sleep, that your chronic pain will double the next day. And there's all sorts of other things that happen from lack of good sleep. Heart disease happens. Inflammatory processes take place. All sorts of things happen without sleep. So again, sleep affects the state of your nervous system. Another major factor is that many of you heard of this thing called ACE scores, adverse childhood experiences. And what is a study done in 1995 out of the Kaiser system on 17,000 people. And they just did a scoring system of eight variables of what was your childhood like. And it was things like physical, emotional, sexual abuse and neglect, a parent in prison or in drugs, a mentally ill parent. And it's just a checklist of things that you were exposed to in your childhood. And if your ACE score, adverse childhood experiences score, exceeded three or more, you had a marked increase in all these diseases we just discussed. So California now has now made evaluating ACE scores a major part of primary care, especially in pediatrics. But why does it make a difference? Why would an ACE score pretend a shorter lifespan and chronic diseases? It's because all of us this second are a product of our prior programming. That's how we survive. So just compare a feral cat raised in the wild compared to a domestic cat of which mine happens to be the most spoiled cat in the world. So she, she hasn't made, her life is good. But you take a cat, the same cat, and put her in the wild or raise her in the wild, she's hyper alert. Humans can't get next to him or her. Even when they're tamed, they're never the same as if they were raised in a very gentle, nurturing environment. So if you're raised in an environment that's chaotic and threatening, then things later on in life seem dangerous because when you were a kid, they were dangerous. So what happens if you're this person is raised in a chaotic, abusive environment, which many of us were, including myself, particularly my score is actually five, which is pretty severe. So remember, three or more, you're in trouble. My A score was five. The details don't matter. So you're hypervigilant. And that was the way I became, quote, successful. I was hypervigilant. I was a driver, pusher. I was always looking for the next thing to deal with, to keep myself safe. What can I do to make myself better, more safe, more competent, whatever. So it made me quote successful, if you wanna call it success, because I crashed and burned. So there's a whole different topic about, topic about how you drive, how you define success, but that drive to escape my past and deal with it manifested in overwork, overplay, all sorts of stuff. And it took me down. So the same energy that took me up the hill took me right down the other side. But let me go back to the A scores for a second. So remember, you have the stresses, your surroundings, and you. If you're raised in a chaotic environment, it's like driving a Ford Pinto compared to somebody being raised in a pleasant, nurturing environment, driving a Ferrari. So I was given a broken down Pinto. I compensated for a long time, but eventually I broke. 
So the bottom line is if you're driving that Ford Pinto, in other words, if your nervous system is constructed in a way that wasn't so healthy, then your capacity to process stress going forward or use the word process life going forward is compromised. It is permanently compromised unless you take the specific tools to change your nervous system, which is very doable. But you have to understand what you're dealing with when you make these changes, you're actually changing the structure of your brain. This is not psychological. You're changing the way the brain, you're training your brain to react to the environment differently. Because again, remember your normal survival reaction is hypervigilant. Why wouldn't it be? So to summarize the essence of illness, you have your surroundings, I'll use the word stresses, versus your coping skills. And there's a baseline coping skills based on your past programming and how you cope in the past. There's also day-to-day coping skills depending dependent amount of sleep, exercise, and diet, et cetera, that you're putting into your body. So what medicine has to do to actually solve chronic disease is talk to the patients. Right now, we spend very little time with you. I don't know who you are. You don't know who I am. You're not feeling heard. You don't feel safe. So how can we really solve your problem? So we don't know who you are and your coping skills, and we certainly don't know your environment. And so by not understanding your, understanding your environment and not knowing you, you come in, we pick a symptom to treat with a medication or procedure, and it's similar to putting out a, an oil well fire with a fire hose or a garden hose. That's not going to work. And it's not. I mean, again, the burden of chronic disease is horrible. It's getting worse. It's going to crush us. And so, again, the root cause that creates these symptoms is the interaction between your stresses and your coping skills. That has to happen. We have to do that. If you really want to solve the medical crisis right now, including chronic disease, is that you would triple or quadruple the reimbursement spent for physicians and other providers talking to their patients, period, end of story. So you feel heard, there's a sense of safety. Right now, what's ironic is that the burnout rate amongst physicians is around 50%, which is high. And what causes burnout, by the way, is not talking to the patients. And what prevents it is spending time with the patients. Because you may not know this, medicine is somewhat tedious, there's only so many things we can prescribe. What makes medicine infinitely interesting is you, the patient. Everybody's different. So by getting to know our patients and understand the situation and creating appropriately interactions, then medicine becomes not only interesting, but much more effective. I'll just tell you one story amongst hundreds of a gentleman who came in one day and he was quiet. He, had, he was a quiet guy around 70 years old. He was there with his family and he had neck pain for five years. And I said to my fellow, I said, look, this doesn't take, this doesn't take very long. This is not very hard, but I'm going to ask him a simple question. What's going on? So I walked in the room and said, look, your neck looks fine. The MRI scan shows some degeneration consistent with your age. But I said, sometimes when you're under stress, it changes your body's chemistry and you feel symptoms that you would not ordinarily feel. Have you been under an unusual amount of stress? So he holds his hand up like a gun and pulls a trigger and says, my son. And unfortunately, I hear about suicide a lot in families. And I'm going, I'm sorry, did he commit suicide? And he said, no, he was murdered. Then I didn't know what to say. And I said, well, can I ask what happened? It turns out that his grandson, who's a paranoid schizophrenic, 
had married his father, who is this gentleman's son. That's the diagnosis. You have a paranoid schizophrenic grandson in the family, severe enough, who eventually killed his own father, that was creating holy hell in the family. That's the problem. That's the diagnosis. It's not neck pain. We don't know why stresses manifest in different parts of the body in different ways. At my point in time, I had over 17 different physical and mental symptoms. I could not explain them. But as I understood the process of my coping skills versus the stresses, I learned how to process stress in a much more productive way, much more efficient way. It had much less impact on my nervous system. But I also worked my nervous system. I worked on counseling. I worked on taking care of myself, better exercise, better diet, less inflammatory foods, et cetera. And so by increasing the resiliency of my nervous system and learning how to process stress differently, again, not lowering the stress. I have plenty of stress in my life. It's not stress, it's that reaction and how you process it. So by learning how to process stress more skillfully and working on my nervous system, all my symptoms have disappeared, all of them. My ears don't ring. I don't have migraines. My feet don't burn. I don't have skin rashes. And they all disappear. I don't have anxiety. I'm fine. Now, my wife might argue with me whether I'm really fine or not because surgeons aren't totally normal. But in general, by my standards, I'm thriving. So in summary, you have your surroundings in you. You have to, and medicine has to help you learn how to process stress in a more productive way. We have to help you increase your resiliency and help you with societal stresses if we can. And then we can treat symptoms as we need to as part of the paradigm. I'm not saying you shouldn't treat the symptoms, but if you're treating only the symptoms, it's not gonna work. It's just not. So I would urge you to consider looking at my book, Back in Control, A Surgeon's Roadmap Out of Chronic Pain. It reflects my journey. I did learn a lot of things that did not work both with myself and my patients, but what's evolved over the last five years is a very consistent process. We've watched over a thousand patients get better just with the book and my website, backincontrol.com. But we did develop a new process called the DOC journey, the DOC journey, the direct your own care journey, which represents a sequence of lessons that reflects the successes of my patients. So it includes a guided course. It will have an app. It has twice a week question and answer periods on Tuesdays and Thursdays. There will be more. And there's also a webinar series, there's video tutorials, there's access to answering your questions. But what we found out by understanding chronic pain, interacting with a group setting, allowing your brain to heal, we've seen tremendous successes much more quickly than we saw 10 years ago. So I'm excited about the new process. Please consider joining me in the doc journey. And it's a consistent process with engagement. It's not magic. You're just using well-established medical tools to help yourself heal. And it's been by far and away the most rewarding and inspiring phase of my career. So I'm excited to be able to present this to you. It's an ongoing process. I work with a weekly think tank to keep evolving these ideas. A year from now, if I have the same podcast, there would probably be some differences. But right now we're getting a fairly clear consensus that this root cause of the interaction between you and your environment creates symptoms. And we have to start dealing with the root cause. So thank you. Thank you, David, for sharing those insights about chronic disease as the body's response to overwhelming and continuous threats in the environment and showing us how we can build coping strategies that help us eliminate 
chronic disease from our lives. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.